What is up, y'all? It's your girl, Dr. Nina. And today on Now That's Life, we're going to be discussing insecurities. And a lot of times the word insecurity or telling someone they're insecure or telling yourself you're insecure can be quite a big trigger for us. But I want us to face that head on. You know, your girl is all about (laughs) keeping it all the way 100. Now, what we are going to talk about, though, is what they are and how we can work with and on them. You heard me correctly. How do we work with them on a daily basis? The ultimate goal here is to learn to be more understanding and also forgiving of ourselves while also examining where we are, where we want to grow, and if we're even ready for the change. So let's go. Dr. Nina Ellis Kirby. I'm a licensed clinical and school psychologist in the states of Texas and Louisiana. I'm a licensed specialist in school psychology, a nationally certified school psychologist, an associate and tenured professor, and a certified professional life coach. And this is the Now That's Life podcast. Now, while I want this podcast to be a helpful and also a great resource to you, it's definitely not meant to be a substitution for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. And before we get started, I do want to make sure I say thank you. You guys have been showing up in droves over on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with your questions, your comments, your posts. Also, just posting that you're enjoying the podcast. Make sure that you take just a little bit of time to rate and review the podcast. And also, make sure you hit me up in them DMs. Let me know if there's something you want to hear about, something that you want to hear more about, and if there's something more that we could be doing here on the podcast. Now, also, I want to thank you all that consistently come to YouTube to join us. I know I keep talking about this, but it's kind of crazy to be getting closer to a million followers over there. And we are now at 926,000. You guys are showing out. So I want to thank you for the love. Thank you for the post. Thank you for sharing this. And and so many people I think are benefiting from it. So continue to share. I'm, I'm happy that that's happening and that we can get the conversations rolling. I've been getting so many comments and even emails from you guys about insecurities and how you feel they invade your space, your personal life. And sometimes they just seem to hold you back from what you want overall in your life. Now we've all been there. You get to a point where you can see yourself reaching all these goals. You even dream about it. You can taste it. You you know, you have the hopes and you've planned for yourself and you have all these things in your mind, but in your day to day, you can't seem to push yourself to do any of it. And you literally feel something is holding you back in every way. And it's literally this heavy weight that just seems to be coming over you that keeps you from even taking those steps to initialize what you want. And it's usually not one single thing that holds us back. It's usually a whole multitude of things that hold us back. And they come together to form that bedrock of insecurities. Now, the very definition of insecurity is a feeling of uncertainty, a lack of confidence or anxiety about yourself. Now, there are several examples of insecurities. And 
What I have here is a list of nine common causes of insecurity. These are usually ringing true for most of the center or the core of the things that we feel about ourselves and what causes us to feel what we call insecure. The first thing is comparing yourself to others. The next thing is appearances and imperfections, external and internal, what's happening on the outside, what we can see, and what's going on on the inside, what we can't see. The next thing is acceptance by others, like fitting in or getting their opinions. And we know that that can really factor into that day to day. The next thing is feeling unloved or unwanted. After that is not measuring up to the standards of others like culture and society and media. The next thing is fear. After that is failure, fear of or previous failures, bad decisions, wrong living, making these decisions that might set us back or being afraid of those decisions. The next thing is tragic or tragic incident or tragedy or circumstance like death, abuse, infidelity. Those types of things can factor into our insecure feelings. And the last one is getting significance in wrong things, okay? Like your jobs, gifts, talents, spouse, children, appearance, material possessions. So when those things are no longer in existence, we feel insecure, right? We only find our security in those things. So, you know, I love including you all's opinions on almost everything that I do because I feel it's essential for your voices to be heard. So over on my YouTube community wall, I asked about some of your personal insecurities that you felt most comfortable with sharing and that you knew I would be sharing some of them, at least some of them on the podcast this week. So I wanted to share some of the most highly voted ones and thank you all for loving this post over 5,000 times and also leaving hundreds of comments here. And I'm going to choose the ones that were most highly voted here uh, because I felt a lot of people were relating to them. So the first one is by Nicole CNC. It says, I'm insecure about never being enough or not being able to add up for my significant other. I have a quiet personality, but am hilarious to those that get to know me. I don't let that person out often. And I don't know why. I think we can relate to that. Not being able to be who we feel we are and who we know we are. And then a creative type says, I am insecure about forming adult friendships. I don't have even one close friend. I have numerous acquaintances, but struggle with finding new real friends, not just social media friends, sigh. And we will be doing a whole episode on that because I feel like friendships is such a touchy subject. And it's something that a lot of us can find us since ourselves insecure about as we get older and really seeking out that friendship circle. So a lot of you guys like that comment. Thank you for that. And then there was Shelly Southernways who says, my insecurities are my weight. I've tried so many times only to fail. Currently 290 pounds at 5'2". I just can't muster another diet. I'm finally an empty nester, but now after giving so much of my to my family for years, I don't know how to begin to take care of myself. I'm not sad about it, just at a loss at how to begin on my own journey. 
I love boots and clothes. I'm a wasteland natural. Go ahead, girl. Getting control of my choices of food would be everything to me. And I think many of you all can relate to that. It's just knowing where to start. And I have many videos on that over on YouTube, but I think that there's a lot more to it than just the physical start to that. And I'll definitely address that in some upcoming episodes. Tamara Felicia says, my biggest insecurity is always wondering what others think of me. How many of us can relate to that one? Tisha Irby says, my insecurity is being worthy of happiness, peace, and love. I struggle to stop believing that pain and loneliness is all I will ever have and deserve. Bougie Barb says, my stomach and back rolls, LOL. I felt that one, honey. Everything in between says my butt is flat, so it has always been my biggest insecurity. Being comfortable in my own skin around others has caused me OCD and anxiety. I accept who I am because I have to. It's not because I like my flat bottom. And I'm appreciative of that comment because I think a lot of us have issues with ourselves. It might not be our bottoms, but it might be many other things that we that cause us distress and disdain with our own appearance. And thank you for being so brave with that and, and coming forth with that. And then we have Miss Beerus who says, my biggest insecurity is my body scars. I've had stretch marks since I was like 11 or 12. And one of my aunts would always tease me about it. She just a year and a half. She's just a year and a half older than me and bullied me all the time since birth. Basically, she would also put pull down my pants in front of people to show them my stretch marks. And so she goes on to talk about it being her biggest insecurity and how it's shown up in other relationships as well. And I think many of us can relate to that too. You know, starting off early with things that we didn't even know was wrong with us until others point them out. And so Miss Spears, thank you for that because, you know, there's nothing wrong with us. I mean, stretch marks are something that all of us probably share in some way, shape or form. I think especially at those young ages, we try to find a way to separate each other and say negative things about each other that can definitely put some negativity across our lives, especially when it comes to being insecure. We have Pandas0918 says, believing that I won't be able to meet and be with the man of my dreams. I have to remember that God created me as I am and has created me a mate equal to my greatness. I agree. I think that um, it's really hard because many of us aren't taught the dating ways from childbirth (laughs) or from youth. So we don't often know those things. And so we don't realize a lot of times that in dating, we're going to go through a lot of failures before we get to the right place. So I think it's great to keep that positive attitude going. Latondra McKinney says, feeling stagnant and not knowing how to get to my best self. People always tell me you have a lot to offer, but I feel I could be doing more. I'm never content. Ooh, I felt that one. And I felt like you guys could really relate to that as well. Earth Soul Yams says, our last comment, this triggered me because the moment I started typing, I cried. My family history has made me the most insecure, even down to my looks. It's a daily reminder of the painful past. 
Thank God for therapy. Yes, honey, I had to read that one. Yes, thank God for therapy. A lot of times we deal with some deep-seated insecurities that come from just being born and being born into a certain family. So I think many of you all can relate and like that comment as well. Thank you for sharing those comments, guys. According to Dr. Melanie Greenberg, she's a licensed clinical psychologist. There are three main causes of insecurity, but the great news is that there's ways to beat them, y'all. Okay, they, I mean, insecurities are insecurities. They're normal to have. They stick around, but there's ways to work with and even beat them. So I will work from those main points and ways today. So type one, type one is insecurity based on recent failure or rejection. And y'all research on happiness suggests that up to 40% of our happiness quotient is based on recent life events. So the very recent things that have happened to you really shape the happiness that you feel or don't feel. The next thing there is the biggest negative contributor to happiness is the ending of a relationship followed by the death of a spouse, job loss, and negative health events. So if you've experienced any of those, then you're really going to have a deeper seated type of insecurity going on and it's going to be more related to immediate life events. Since unhappiness also influences your self-esteem, failure and rejection can deliver a double boom to your confidence. And blogger Guy Winch states that rejection inevitably leads us to see both ourselves and other people more negatively, at least for a time. Have you ever noticed that when something negative happens to you in your immediate life, you start to look at a lot of different things, not through rose-colored glasses, but dusty, dirty glasses? It's interesting because almost every Everything can seem half empty and working against you and absolutely negative. And it's really crazy how quickly that can happen too, just in the blink of an eye with something negative that happens. And I think we can all relate to that. And those of us who have lower self-esteem to begin with are more reactive to failure. So if your self-esteem has already taken major hits and it's already low, then you're going to have super reaction to any kind of failures that come your way because you've already accepted some blows. So it's almost like you, <laughs> you're you becoming defensive to the blows. You feel like the world is out to get you. But the best thing is pushing beyond setbacks to get to your ultimate success so that you can prove how great you are to yourself. And guess what? Proving how great you are to yourself turns around to a positive because it raises your self-esteem. When you get through hard things, strangely enough, they make you feel adequate. It makes you feel like you are equipped with what you need. It makes you feel as if you can get through the day-to-day toughness and that you are building what we call mental toughness. Now, we talked about ways to overcome failure and rejection last week. So make sure you go back and listen to that, guys. I want you to listen to that in depth. But here are a few ways to consider this in insecurities and how to overcome it. And those very things we talked about in this type one, you want to first give yourself time to heal and adapt to your new normal. So if something negative has happened, give yourself a little time to breathe, get out and engage in life and follow your interests and your curiosity, follow your nose, figure out what's out there for you. Realize that, you know, your situation in the grand scheme of life is small. 
And what I mean by that is we tend to blow up the negatives and ignore a lot of the positives. Also reach out to friends and family for distraction and comfort. Sometimes distraction is good, especially when you only consistently focus on what's negative in your life. You also want to get feedback from people you trust and persevere and keep moving towards your goals. Don't let it stop you from getting what you want out of life. Realize that negatives happen. They come and they go just like goods come and they go. And nothing in this life is guaranteed. We have to learn to roll with the punches. And you have to also be willing to try a different strategy if necessary. And there's nothing wrong with having to recover. There's nothing wrong with us having to do things a little bit differently in order for us to get different results. And so if you've constantly been negative and that's gotten you nowhere, you need to start coming up with new strategies in order to push you to where you want to go. I hope you guys are enjoying the show so far and that you're getting a lot from this and understanding more about yourself and where you stand with your insecurities. When we come back, we're going to discuss more about the types of insecurities and how we can work with them and also keep them out of our lives at such a high level. We'll be right back after these messages. We are back, y'all, and we are ready to pick right back up where we were, continue on with those types of insecurities and how we are going to really come to terms with working with and on them. Okay, so now we're at type two. Type two is the lack of confidence because of social anxiety. And I think a lot of people have a lot of common misconceptions when it comes to social anxiety and what's meant there. But many of us experience a lack of confidence in social situations like at parties, family gatherings, interviews and dates. And for some of us, it doesn't seem how many times it doesn't seem to change no matter how many times we've been through and in those instances and situations. But the fear of being evaluated by others and found to be lacking can lead you to feel anxious and self-conscious in those situations, even if it's unrealistic. Sometimes we can find ourselves thinking that everyone's looking at us, they're judging us, they care about what we're doing, we're the ones being served on a platter, and everyone is there to tell us negative things about ourselves and that's all they're thinking about us, when they might not be thinking about us at all. Okay, and for some of us, this turns into an avoidance of social situations altogether and past experience can feed your sense of not belonging. So if you grew up with critical parents or parents who pressured you to be popular and successful, you might also find yourself oversensitized to how people perceive you. And believe it or not, I think a lot of our parents mean well. They want us to be liked. They want us to be well-rounded people. And sometimes that turns into a little bit of a critical behavior in nature and telling us how we should be, how many friends we should have, who we should want to hang around. And then everything becomes a rule. And when you don't follow the rules, you feel inadequate. Okay. And, and if, if those parents are constantly on you and then all you see is, is the world being against you in that same way or grading you in some way, you're going to be overcritical on yourself. 
Now, this type of insecurity is generally based on some distorted beliefs about your self-worth and also the extent to which people are actually paying attention to you or even evaluating you because sometimes we get so wrapped up in believing that people have these negative imaginary things to say about us when those people aren't even thinking about us and I think many of us can relate to that I consider myself a highly sensitive person or an HSP and I pick up on you know natures and things and like that of people and I'm usually pretty good at it. However, sometimes being that sensitive due to past criticisms can cause you to believe that a person is being critical even when they're not. Like I'm going to give you an example. Let's say for instance, someone's just thinking and their face looks a little bit concerned and they're not even, you know, paying attention to something you're doing, but somehow you feel that you've done something wrong to cause their concern. That's an example, right? So you feel responsible for their discontent, even if they ain't even thinking about you. You know, <laughs> you're in front of them, but they're they're thinking about something else. And many of us can hear a person say, you know, oh, I'm thinking about something else and we can let it go. But many of us that are quite sensitive and maybe have gone through a lot of critical behavior and a lot of critical things that have come across to us, we find it hard to shake that off. Can you relate to that? Now, those who judge and exclude or talk big and bad about you are often covering up insecurities of their own. So let me tell you that. And so their opinion may be less than accurate and they may value superficial attributes about people instead of the character and the integrity of people. So you have to be weary of those people and stop trying to please them, which causes you even more anxiety and sometimes downright depression. So here's a few ways to overcome this one and this type of security, insecurity, I'm sorry, we're becoming more secure, (laughs) but we're avoiding that insecurity or facing it head on. So the first thing is talk back to your inner critic. And we talked about this last week, that inner critic is something that can be quite negative in our ear, telling us that we're not worth it. We're not great. We're not worthy. All of those things. And At that time, we have to remind ourselves of all the reasons that you can be interesting or you can be fun and you would be a great friend or partner or whatever it is you seek to be. The next thing is to prepare in advance. Think of some things that you can talk about. So when you go to these social gatherings, have almost a a small script in your head. I'm not saying come with the exact words. You shouldn't be talking off a piece of paper, but definitely kind of coach yourself into this situation so that before you go, you're already prepared. The next thing is avoiding social situations just makes things worse. So go on to that party or go on that date you've been asked on or that you wanted to go on even if you're nervous. So your anxiety will decrease once you get engaged with others. You'll start to forget. You'll start to you'll start to lose yourself in it and you'll probably become better at what you thought you couldn't do. The next thing is to set yourself a limited realistic goal. And y'all know I'm always talking about goal setting because it gives us something to work towards. And this could be anything from talking to two new people or finding, you know, out more about people and their work and their hobbies, just coming with some things that you might be interested in learning about other people so that you're not just left feeling overly criticized or just standing there thinking everybody's thinking something negative about you. The next thing is to deliberately focus on others 
to combat the intense self-focus. So you can put on your observer hat. I love doing this and notice what other people seem to be feeling and doing. I love to play, what are they thinking, right? And people think this is hilarious. I've even made some friends play and join along with me. Being at a social event, I often look at people and think to myself, what are they thinking? What's going on in their head? And I make up what's going on in their head. Like, oh, you know, this is a really fun event. I just wish I had more people to talk to. Or I might look across the room at someone else and be like, oh, I'm really not enjoying this conversation, but I'm just going to keep talking until I do. You know, it's just a really fun thing to observe, but also inject what you think is going on because it also takes the focus off of you. And it also allows you to have the power of seeing what it's like like to kind of scan the room, not be overly critical, but kind of come up with your own ideas on what's occurring and what's not occurring in the room. And y'all on type three, many of us may be raising our hands on this one. Oof. Type three is insecurity driven by perfectionism. And some of us have very high standards for everything we do. And while I'm not going to tell you to lower your standards of yourself, sometimes this can turn into high levels of anxiety in order to reach levels of things that are unreachable for any human being. So you may want the highest grades, the best job, the perfect figure, the best house, needing polite kids or the ideal partner. But life doesn't always turn out exactly the way we want it to. Even if we work super hard, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> so there's a piece of the outcome that is at some point out of our control. It's not even up to you anymore. So if you are constantly disappointed and blaming yourself for being anything less than perfect, then you're going to start to feel insecure and even unworthy. Beating up on yourself and constantly worrying about not being good enough can even lead to depression and anxiety, eating disorders, and even chronic fatigue. And so a lot of times we tire ourselves out with these ideals of what we have to be and who we have to be, even if that's not who we are. When combating this type of main insecurity, we have to try to evaluate ourselves based on how much effort we put in. What's controllable rather than what's the outcome, okay? which is dependent on external factors. Sometimes we can put in all the work in the world, but if it's not for us, it's not going to happen and it's not going to materialize. And also we can't always have a say in everything that happens to us. Even if you work hard, it doesn't guarantee you things. It doesn't guarantee you the award you wanted. It doesn't guarantee you the car that you thought you should have. It doesn't guarantee you a lot of different things because life happens, okay? Think about how much difference it would actually make in your work if you were just 10% better. Would that time and energy even be worth it? And that's something else we have to realize as perfectionists. And I can tell you I'm a little bit perfectionistic. Um, but one thing I can say is I've had to really realize that even that little 10%, it really ain't going to change much. And so if you answer 10% more emails, you talk to people 10% 10 more of the time, if you're already at a great level, a lot of times it's not going to make a huge difference. That energy is not going to be worth it and the anxiety certainly won't be. But perfectionism is often based on an all or nothing thinking pattern. So try to find those gray areas. 
it's not when or not when. Sometimes it's in between. Okay, so is there a compassionate or understanding way to view that situation? And are you taking the circumstances into account when you evaluate yourself? Is there something you learned or achieved from this end result? And even though it wasn't perfect, you know, is there something you got from it? Because even if it's not perfect, there's still something learned, something gained and something good. Okay, and so we have to always realign our minds to realize that so that we don't count out those great times. Perfectionists, though, often have conditional self-esteem. Okay, Um, and this is something that when I was going through the mentoring process and still do, I still have a wonderful mentor. This was something I had to kind of get out of my life, because what happens is you'll start to see yourself great as when as long as you're on the top and you're pleasing people and you're doing well but when that ends you're kind of left wondering what else you have okay so people might find themselves liking themselves when they're on top and dislike themselves when things don't go their way now one thing i can say that i've you know had to learn to teach others as well in the mentoring process and the client relationships that i have and the student relationships i have is to ask yourself can you learn to like yourself even when you're not doing well that's a big question And also to emphasize focusing on qualities like character, sincerity, good values, rather than just your grades that you get or how much you get paid or how much people like you. Because guess what? Those things can be taken away. They also lose value over time. And also, if you don't put your roots in something that's sturdy, you'll start to fall apart every time you get negative feedback or something doesn't go your way. Okay, so these are things to really consider in these three main insecurity types. And I just wanted you guys to see that they are confrontable. They are things that we can consider and they are things we can get better at for our lives. Now, that's all I have for you guys this week. And I want you guys to start really working on this. And let me know too, if you'd like to hear more about insecurities and how to overcome them. Stay tuned for more. And also I want you to subscribe so that you know when I post my next episode and also go over to drninaellishervey.com and sign up for my free e-newsletter and through that you're going to receive my free eight-day supernatural video course y'all that free e-course daily sending you emails for eight days about ways to improve and change your life and really focusing in on those insecurities as well. You can also find me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Beautiful Brown Baby Doll or Dr. Nina. And again, I'm so grateful and thankful for you guys, for you guys coming over, hanging out with me, chatting with me, sharing with me. I do not take it for granted. I want to thank each and every one of you for being on this ride, also supporting, doing so many great things, even just reaching out to see how I'm doing. I'm not able to respond to everyone, but I try to respond to as much as I can. And I want to let you know that your letters, your comments, your words do not go unheard. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and I hope to see you back next week. All right, y'all have a good day. Beautiful brown baby doll, Dr. Nina signing out. Peace.